Hey, what's up? How you guys doing? Before we get started, I just wanted to tell you guys a little bit about Anchor, seeing that it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And let me explain. First off, it's free. There's tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on platforms like Spotify or Apple Podcasts and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast basically in one place. So with that being said, let's get started. What's going on everyone? My name is Karam Sultan within the Dark Athletics. Um, it's an honor to be a part of the Gifted Gap. And make sure you guys check these guys out and like and subscribe. Good enough. I mean, before the camera was rolling, we was having a, we were talking about everything. So now it's kind of like, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> That's about right. I feel like about five minutes ago, our voices were up here. <laughs> and now we're trying to figure out how to kind of bring it back down and settle in. But no, I mean, what you want to talk about? Man, the first thing, first things first, one thing I really admire is like your journey. You know how this this whole in the dark thing came about. You know, I think people just see, you know, basketball trainers and cool videos, and they don't really know the person behind them. You mm-hmm. know, um, how long have you really been doing this for? I think I've been doing this for about four years now. I think I started four years ago when I really started taking it seriously. Was more so in like the last year. I told myself like if if I'm going to do this, there's enough. I'm spending the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. It's whether or not you're kind of going 100% at it and treating it like this is what you want to do or you're still spending that same amount of time and then thinking, hmm, you're kind of scared like whether or not what other people might think or this is you're attacking head on. That was like the biggest thing for me. So like the last year has been the, the biggest change where – I told myself, this is what I'm about to do. This is how I'm going to do it. And I'm just going to attack it full force. So four years, but realistically, I'd say like one or two. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing I, I always realize. With basketball players, there's a little gap where they don't know what the fuck they want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, Facts. and, and it, it leads to a lot of, <coughs> you know, like, you, get, you, can, you can get depressed from that. Because mm-hmm. you, your identity is stripped away from you. Yeah. Right? So what was it that made you realize, like, yo, I'm going to do basketball training and, and run with this? Yeah, I mean, basketball training is, is such a new thing. I find, like, there's no realistic certification. So mm-hmm. if if you wanted to start tomorrow, you could say, okay, I'm going to be a basketball trainer. So I think that, that was, like, one of the hardest things is when I wanted to do it, I saw certain people doing it. But I was like, how do, how do I kind of get into that? Mm-hmm. And when I saw that it was a, a thing and it was turning into something and there's value behind it, I was like, basketball is going to end at some point. Everyone's careers obviously has a, a certain lifespan. Mm-hmm. But for me, 
I wanted to see how can I actually build a brand around it. And there's a few guys doing it, like Dev Williams. Mm -hmm. He came down, he ran a camp. I ended up getting onto his Instagram page. I, I got like a little, little high off of that. I was like, this is crazy. Mm -hmm. This is someone who I looked up to. And now he's in Edmonton and he respects my game and like he's, he sees what I'm doing. And that was like the, f the switch that really flipped was that year during Ramadan like our hours are upside down yeah, i'm absolutely. not hanging out yeah. with anyone mm -hmm. i said every single time i'm not doing anything i'm just gonna learn and by the end of this month i'm gonna put something out mm -hmm. so that entire month i'd be at good good life recording experimenting and i'd always tell myself i'm learning something new every single night mm -hmm. before i go to bed and i would not go to bed some nights obviously like i i wouldn't learn anything but i'd still attempt for like five six hours of trying to Mm -hmm. And I think even that attempt of failing over and over again kind of got me into realizing that this could be a thing. And not many people are doing it. So I think me understanding that this is what I wanted to do at a very early age because I had that fear of losing basketball, something that's always been on my side. I've moved a ton. So mm -hmm. I figured, like, any anyone who loves basketball really understands that basketball can really separate you and take you apart from the world and forget, make you forget about all your problems. Absolutely. And it's just you and the hoop. It's a sanctuary. So, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought if that's a feeling I can get for the rest of my life and I can try to impact people through like a positive influence, why, why not go for that? Mm -hmm. Well, for me, like the basketball part of what you do is not the most fascinating thing mm -hmm. because everybody does basketball training. There's yeah. so many basketball trainers. <coughs> What fascinates me is the way you're able to use media around basketball. Because uh, if you're not familiar with what this guy does, <laughs> he takes a five-second clip and he's able to stretch it out to a minute of content, which is like, you let that marinate. Five seconds, stretch it out for a, to a whole minute. There's not a lot of talking. There's not a lot of explaining. You let your craft... Your other craft, because basketball is one craft, but you let your other craft do the explaining for you. Yeah. Where? How did you find a way to make that connection? And how did you like say this is this is what's going to separate me? I mean, when you look at things online, for 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 example, like meme pages. Mm -hmm. Once they start, I've got one. But yours is different though. Like, and I've seen where you differentiate because you see what people are doing, mm -hmm. but you're still going the opposite way. So you might still have one. And they're for, it's the same thing for me. There's plenty of people out there doing something. I'm we're all going towards the the end goal. Mm -hmm. I'm just going the complete opposite way, mm -hmm. and that's the way I kind of looked at it. Every time I would see a a video that I created, I wanted someone to be able to watch it like five times and still get something new out of it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's how I stretched it into like a whole one minute clip. Is when you when you're watching one of my videos, you could see something. And even though it's a minute, you would miss something mm -hmm. where you have to watch it again. Like, okay, let me see. How did, how did that happen? Let me see that again. And it just kind of, like, I always understood how much detail there was to the game. And I just mix that passion of loving the details in the game into putting that same detail into media and kind of combining those two together. It's a fascinating combination. It is. <laughs> to be de that detail-oriented and to have it, um, you know, translate in two different ways. Because some people have a hard time of making anything translate, mm -hmm. you know? So to find that common ground <coughs> there, it, it makes for 
fucking great fucking content. Appreciate I, I, it. <laughs> like, sometimes I'll be watching, I'm like, fuck, I want to fucking, <laughs> I don't even play ball anymore, but sometimes I'm like, fuck, I want to pick up a ball and fucking yeah. go back and do this shit. Because yeah. it's like, it's just, it's so detail-oriented, and like, you know, back in the day, you had to fucking go on YouTube and, and watch and do all that shit and manually do it. So now you're just taking this shit. There's really no excuse for anybody to be a shit basketball player anymore. Yeah. I think um, we were talking about this before is like you can give the resources that there are now are unbelievable. Unbelievable. I could give someone the exact blueprint of how I did my media stuff, but it took me like four or five years of learning. Mm-hmm. I think it's the process and the the willingness to kind of give into putting in the, those hours is what separates people. Because realistically, if you wanted to do what I do, ultimately within four or five years, you could. You could. Mm-hmm. But you just have to know that you have to be in it for four or five years. That's the hardest part. That's the hardest part. And I think that's where what separated me is like I understood at an early age is people are looking at me like, yo, you're still hooping, but why are you doing this and that? Like, what are you doing? What's mm-hmm. the whole purpose of this? And the earlier you start off, you had a, you're not at the point that you visualize yourself with. I always looked at Dev, uh, Micah, like all these top guys, and I always compared myself to them, not in a negative standpoint, but my expectation of myself was never at the level of like, I'm looking at, I'm going to get to this point, and that's where it is. In fact, even now, um, like I look at it, like why can't I be one of the best to ever do it because when it comes to ever not best to ever do it but like that's a mentality you You have have to to tell you yeah i don't mean that in like an arrogant way but what tools and skills and ability do i not have that those guys have Mm -hmm. and i think that's what kind of always propels you forward to do anything in life Mm -hmm. absolutely and and like you said it's it's a it's a long game it's a marathon yeah right um you get the doubts you know, you get the the those days where you're just like, ah, yeah. I don't know if I got it today, but you stick with it, and then when you stick with it, you start to see the results. But like you said, the hardest thing is like you can give somebody the blueprint. Mm-hmm. You still gotta go out and execute, and execute, and not even just execute, just do it. Yeah, like a lot of people don't realize that you can literally just go and like try something, and if you like it and you see yourself doing it. Just keep doing it. Yeah. And, and that's one thing my mother always used to tell me that she admired about me was like, I'm willing to try anything. I'm not scared to like go and like whatever, like fucking model for sport check. And now I fucking, now I've made it a side hustle. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that willingness to go and just do, cause you can only plan and blueprint for so long. Right? Yeah. So you started something that you got up and said, I'm going to do this. Yeah. And now you're making a career out of it. And Micah, you brought up Micah. He was one of your idols, I take it? Yeah, definitely. So <laughs> how does it feel to be flown out by somebody you look look up to? Break, break down that, like how all that happened for me. Um, it's funny how it happened because I, I don't think I've actually shared this with anyone besides my mother. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I always thought about was how how much am I pushing? Like, it's different when I'm saying train in the dark. Mm-hmm. But when Micah is telling me about that he knows about train in the dark, that power comes, like, much further than anything could ever imagine for me personally. Mm-hmm. So my goal was ever always to 
have one of the top guys kind of recognize my brand and what I'm doing because I put so many hours in it. And I used to record all these videos and edit all these videos that take, some took days. Like, I'm not even joking. Mm-hmm. Probably like 15 hours of editing. For, for one minute of, for one minute mm-hmm. of content. value that people are seeing. Mm-hmm. So my mom would always be like, why are you doing this? Like, you're stuck at this table. Just stop, like, just relax, right? It's okay to not do this <laughs> at this level. And I'm like, it's fine, mom. You know what? You'll understand in a few years. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I actually remember sitting, I remember sitting at the kitchen table with this exact video, which I was putting a lot of effort in. It didn't get the traction I wanted because obviously you put in so many hours, mm-hmm. you want it to, to, to click do right well. away, yeah. yeah. But the thing is, Micah noticed it. And Mike is the one who saw that and said, who edits your videos? Who does all this stuff? And then we started getting into a conversation. He's like, hey, I recognize that you're actually a, a skills trainer. Like, you actually know what you're doing. Le- I would love to teach you more. And we kind of figured a way out where I could learn more. Because it's so funny. I wrote down that I wanted to be certified under his, um, his training system. Right? Impossible, Impossible training system. Impossible. And it was because it was so detail-oriented. And I, the moment I saw that J-Law, B-Ball, um, DJ Sackman, and all the guys that are at the top of the top have gone through him, I was like, I have to go through it. That's, that has to be like a pathway in order for me to get there. Mm-hmm. So I'm just chilling in my basement, and, and my mom, or Micah sends me a message saying, how would you feel to come down to the world headquarters and kind of like collaborate and work together? And it was like the craziest thing to me because he was talking about train in the dark. And I, I remember going up to my mom and I told you the story earlier is 10 years ago, there's this video, uh, I think it was called Be Blind. Mm-hmm. And the way he approached the game just resonated with me so differently where I was like, this is insane. And I showed my mom and 10 years later, now I'm showing her in the same spot that I'm, I have a phone up to her facing Micah, the same guy that I told you about 10 years ago is now wanting to fly me out to Michigan. Mm-hmm. And that, that just blew my mind. It's powerful. Yeah. Powerful stuff. It's like the visualization and like uh, your idols become your rivals. Well, not in this case, your idols not become yeah. your vi- rivals, but, you know, they don't become your mentors. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of like, you know, it solidifies all your hard work. You're like, I've been doing this for so long and now I'm finally getting the recognition, not just recognition for it, but recognition from someone I looked up to. Yeah. You know, so that was, must be, like, exhilarating and just... Yeah. It was it was different because there's a lot of companies that, are, that have asked me to join that were, like, there's a there's one... I'm not going to name drop any, okay. but there's a few um, that were, like, 800K. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, come down. You can be a part of it. Um, there's been, like, a few. And every single time that happened... I knew that I could do it, but I knew that wouldn't be me, me or my thing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't share my story. I couldn't share my vision behind it. And my my brain's always going and thinking, I, we could do this, 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 and impact people this and that way, mm-hmm. right? And I'm doing all of this stuff, but, like, the reasons of why I'm doing it is completely different. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to make a impact in this world that leaves, like, we look at guys like Nipsey. That guy taught me so much more Absolutely. than most teachers have ever taught me mm-hmm. and it was like life lessons stuff that they're never going to teach you mm-hmm. and now when i do things it's more so with a purpose of doing things of 
not only how can I live, but how can I make the world a better place while I'm living? Mm-hmm. So I always take into factor of those two things. And I, I just think it's crazy how it all kind of went down. But I always was happy that I stayed true to myself. And every single time someone offered me a gig, it was kind of refer- um, it reassured me that I was on the right, right path. Mm-hmm. Like if these people see something and they're already at 800K and I'm only here at like 2,000 at the time. Mm-hmm. Like why would someone who's already established need me? What do I have? They see some worth. They see some worth. Mm-hmm. And then why can't I implement that into my own self? Mm-hmm. And, that's the, and that's the key is like, knowing your worth right yeah. and knowing that like okay just because this person has what i'm trying to get to i know what i'm doing here and i know i need to keep my foot on the gas and keep you know yeah keep stay consistent and just i can have it for myself you know there's no compromise and that's one of the things nipsey did teach you is like when you know your worth you're never gonna settle for yeah you know fucking small chips because yeah. you're playing for the big chips yeah you know and 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 the fact that you still own your own brand and 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 everything is done by you independently yeah. you don't have a team yeah i mean eventually i plan to build a team but i wanted to have where i have the power of building my own team versus me joining someone's team mm-hmm. right it's, i think those are two completely different things and that's a long-term goal and that's another reason why i like micah's stuff is because he wasn't one who competed with branding as much as teaching so he offered programs that were like seven thousand dollars Mm-hmm. That here, I'll teach you everything there is about basketball, right? And he didn't care if you came in with train in the dark. Like the first week I met him, he he shouted. I was like, I, I, I saw Micah. I said, Micah, I'm making this video. Nobody knows I'm here at this time, mm-hmm. right? I want it for it to be a surprise. And I'm like, I just need you to realistically say exactly why you brought me down. If it's for video, if it's for whatever, just say what it is. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to lie. I don't, I don't want you to say anything. And the fact that he shouted out train in the dark, the fact that he put my brand on the map a little bit more and wasn't scared of that was the reason why he was a guy that I really wanted to see. Because I couldn't do that with anyone else. Mm -hmm. If I wanted to learn and get mentored by anyone, they're going to either say, no, you got to throw your brand out if you're coming to learn from me. That's usually how it goes, right? Yeah. Um, Yeah, no, honestly, I've always had a lot of admiration for your journey. And, uh, you know, I'm just like, I can see the mindset. You can see it in the, in the, in the work you put in. Some people don't, some people just see the videos and whatever, yeah. but I can tell when someone is like dedicated to their craft. No, and that's why that. I was like, you know, those are the kind of people I want to kind of have on here. And I told my, my bro a long time ago, I'm like, tell Karam I need him on the gifted gap. Cause yeah. you know, cause I, this is the kind of shit that people talk about. Um, who are your inspirations besides Micah? Um, what, what do you mean in terms of, inspir- like, are we talking basketball? In general, just, just you know. I, I loved Will Smith. Mm-hmm. I loved Will Smith so much because he, he was, like, the catalyst towards helping me really give into following my dreams. Because mm-hmm. there's always that shifting point where you're thinking, do I go the conventional way or, and choose the easiest thing? because I know this is laid out for me, or do I take the path that you have absolutely no idea What's what the hell is gonna happen? Mm-hmm. But you gotta take this shit as far as you can and just roll with it. And one of the biggest quotes that I remember uh, from Will Smith is being realistic is the most commonly traveled road to mediocrity. 
Absolutely. Because if the moment you're unrealistic, you're stepping out of that frame and you're going to get a lot of people that want you to be realistic because to them it doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. That's been one of the hardest things. But aside from that, Will Smith has inspired me to do like a ton. And when Joyner Lucas made that uh, song, Will, Mm -hmm. I'm sure that resonated not just with... uh, joining lucas but also millions across the world because they felt the same way so i would definitely say will smith nipsey will smith actually started out in music i know that's a the crazy part yeah. <laughs> he has a grammy yeah he does <laughs> at a time where you had to buy cds yeah that is hard that's to do. very hard to do and then he said let me transition into yeah. film and tv and, and great transition and that that i think like um for, for a lot of people who are, especially in the basketball realm, like love Will Smith because we grew up on Fresh Prince. Absolutely. And that's where I I get a lot of my sense of humor from and like the goofiness of what people see outside of like social media. Mm-hmm. But I think there's so many more life lessons that you can learn from Will Smith aside from just teachable things where you actually learn how to be a better person and how to how to push that onto the next person because you learn it from Will and now you're wanting to do the same thing for someone else who might not watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. No, I love I love Will Smith. Um, Kobe. Kobe was another one. Bro, that that is crazy. I actually can't even. I can't believe we're talking about this in this light. Like, to me, it's still like the dude, like he's still here. Oh, yeah. It feels like he's never. I don't, I still refuse. To believe it? I, I don't believe it. That's, that's a lie. That's always been my, uh, me and my bro always have this conversation. He, I always, like, most days I'll take him over Michael. Yeah. Just because of the, like, the the difficulty in that he makes shots. And it's not because he's just chucking. It's because he's so detail-oriented. He's he's more skilled than Absolutely. MJ. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> me, me and Bars used to <laughs> watch uh, Kobe highlights before every game. <laughs> There's a lot of reasons why that's a bad idea. I know. But I, I was gonna say I don't know. <laughs> Yo, we we were watching this when uh, the game we were down 27, mm-hmm. right? Me and Bars, pregame, we're in there together, right? And I went. I remember I I drove down to the game, um, and I told myself, I told everyone in my family, I was like, we're not losing today's game. I don't know why I said that because we lost to them earlier, and it was by like a few, and we were winning the whole time. I'm like, we're not losing today's mm-hmm. game. So we're down. <laughs> like, walk me through the whole because this game is like I actually I swear to God I watched this game I shed a tear. <laughs> like, that it was shit was fucking crazy. Thing. Like I think what was wilder was before the game after everyone went out, Bars was getting into his zone. I was getting into my zone like mentally, and then at halftime, Clay came in and was mad, and he was going at us. But like Bars was still unfazed. And he was still, like, zoning back in, and I was doing the same thing. And I was like, yo, we're not going to lose this. And once we got out, I, I don't care what was going to happen. We're playing possession after possession. And me and Bar started, like, realizing that and feeding off each other. Mm-hmm. And, like, this guy's going in the post, set a back screen or, like, whatever. Yeah. And I knew all the flares. So, like, whatever Bars didn't have, I was trying to get to the spot where he would want me at. Mm-hmm. 27 points down with going into the fourth quarter it was yeah 27 points like with like a minute left or something in the yeah. third quarter and i was like these guys are i was like these guys are fucking not winning they're not yeah winning. <laughs> <laughs> i was so mad like, they're not fucking winning these, these fucking idiots man it was it was one of the wildest things and i think 
uh, Clay was saying it was the biggest comeback in history. In, uh, history. in history, yeah. yeah. That's that's crazy. It's, it's, you have to when you watch it, it's like fuck. Yeah, in that amount of time, and it was funny because we played them again in playoffs. And yeah. <laughs> and they were like they're trying to get another one out of us. No, I think I had eighteen. No, I had uh, twenty, something like that. Yeah. I just remember I had seventeen or eighteen in the first quarter because yeah. we lost the first game. And I said, I don't give a shit. I am shooting everything, mm-hmm. everything that touches my hand, as you should. And I think that I can make it. Mm-hmm. I'm putting up. Mm-hmm. And that was like the mentality, and that that game was fun. It was fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, that was a that game was like, I've watched a lot of basketball in my day. <laughs> I've never seen a comeback like that. Like that was a really crazy to be and down twenty seven in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that literally means they they didn't score. Right, and we were playing, we were Ding up, yeah. we were doing like uh, that's the most defense I ever seen bars play in my life. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Like yeah, that that was a crazy comeback, and it was crazy. And and I like what you said. You guys were unfazed, mm-hmm. you know. And and it comes down to like composure, you know. Yeah. A lot of people, whether you're in basketball, whether you're in boxing, whether you, you you're working on your craft, you have to stay in this box yeah. and not let the emotions take you too high out of the box yeah. or take you too low out of the box. Because once you get too high. Then you start making decisions based on your emotions. Once you get too low, you start making decisions based on your emotions. Yeah. But when you stay in that box, which is what your training and your conditioning and your mental yeah. framework is supposed to allow you to do, you know exactly how to. What I like to call, uh, I don't call it this. I read it in a book, <laughs> a moment of truth. Yeah. Right. Where like another guy is at the same spot as you, but only one of you can push forward. Yeah. Right. And it takes that composure, that training, that all that yeah for you to get to that moment of truth and in that in that game that's what you guys showed yeah if you if you actually look at that game if you watch bars walk down the court or even like the body language it didn't look like we were down no bars was walking the ball up and we're down like 22 (laughs) that is a certain level of composure because you're realistically like if you're out of control you're running Mm -hmm. up you're like we need to get bucket 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 and that's when you're playing out of a reactionary standpoint that's negative, where mm-hmm. you're kind of clawing back. Yeah, you feel you're, like you're clawing back. You're you're, uh, you're being impulsive with your your judgment. Mm-hmm. So, and I think people like really really underestimate how important that is. Like you have to stay in that in that in that box. You know, it's like okay, I'm down twenty two. Yeah. Am I going to start running and fucking, you know, throwing stupid passes and whatever, whatever? Like, it's not just composure. It's also like, I like to say, like, when you match up the hours mm-hmm. that you guys have clocked in, there's no way Ambrose should beat you, right? That there showed that these guys have put in way more work than these guys. Yeah. So. And that's why it's the the, the the basketball gods are not gonna allow this to happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And and you know there's coaching. But they keep you in check. They do keep you, they in check. keep you in check. They will keep you in check, and they they keep things realistic. And one thing I always say is like, the grind knows mm-hmm. how much hours you put in and how much you clocked in and what you've done and what you haven't done. Nip says it best. Yeah. How long before opportunity meets preparation? Absolutely. So as long as you're prepared. 
opportunities will be presented. Mm-hmm. And I think that was our opportuni- opportunity to really, like, showcase that we're prepared for anything to mm-hmm. kind of come at us. You know, and then that, yeah, that was a magical moment. I shed a tear still, you know. Um, <laughs> and that was probably the, you know, after that, uh, when Nipsey died. Um, so Nipsey died on my birthday. Mm. So it hit like, it hit like I actually lost somebody I knew. Real. Which is really crazy to me because yeah. I've obviously never met this nigga in my life. Yeah. But the fact that that this guy's death impacted me so much it 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 drove me to like say okay i've i've seen this guy's growth for 10 years yeah you know and you get so many lessons and so many things and it's the same thing with kobe i I wept like a fucking baby like five times yeah the impact that these people have on our lives even though they've never we've never met them is is more based on the values and the lessons they've taught us about how we carry out our day-to-day lives yeah. And that's what's more important. You know, obviously like yeah, losing a friend is tough, but and and people who don't get it will always be like, "Well, you, you didn't even know him." Yeah. It's not about knowing him. It's about the the times in your life that they they were there when nobody else was there. And 100%. Not literally, but figuratively. Yeah. Right? So, I'm a firm firm believer in that. Mm-hmm. Cuz my mom like uh, I, I I remember I was uh, hanging out with a few people and when I came back I held it together when I found out because my brother told me he texted me right away uh, Kobe or Nip? Uh, Nip Okay. and at this point I've never I remember the last time I cried was when my grandma passed away mm-hmm. and I was thinking like that mm-hmm. um, and I was thinking like this is crazy like I'm I went out I went out I dropped everyone off I was like I'm going for a drive Mm-hmm. And I, I listened to hustle and motivate, yeah. and I like just cried like a baby, mm-hmm. thinking like I'm never gonna feel. He's never gonna be able to to resonate with me mm-hmm. like that on that level ever again, because that was a song that I really took to heart. Like I, I there's a lot of, and I think it's a lot of his values. Mm-hmm. And when people ask me like why why do you cry over someone like you said you've never met. Not everyone is doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. So, like, when you're, do- for example, I'm, I'm relating it back to you, is, like, you're doing a podcast. Our parents might not know how to give us the best guidance mm-hmm. when it comes to a podcast. But then you got Nipsey over here telling you, this is if you dedicate yourself, if you follow this path, ownership, all these things, they add up and fuel your podcast to be a better platform. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, you're actually learning indirectly from someone you've never met and they're actually teaching you more things than most people around you can even teach because in your circle sometimes like i said with will smith is if most people take the realistic route the moment you take unrealistic it doesn't make sense to anyone anymore Mm -hmm. so who do you look look for in times of that Mm -hmm. like it's always going to be guys like nib guys like kobe and i think that's the most beautiful thing about influences now when i when Nip passed, I was thinking, as long as I can have some sort of influence, I want to make sure that I I do it the same way that these guys did before me. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's like one of the biggest things is is, is that that blueprint that you're talking about. 
you know, and, and most guys don't, you know, give back that game. Mm-hmm. You know, Nip was giving free game for the whole All 10 the years yeah. he was doing this, you know, and he was just starting to see, you know, like people who've been listening to Nip know, like he's been doing this for so long. Like I, I first heard Nipsey Hustle on a Tupac album. Oh, for real? Yeah, he's on Pac's Life. And that was in like 06. I was like fucking, who the fuck is this guy? No, I remember that, but I didn't. No, I think I first heard him uh, on Drake's. On Drake's? Uh, I think I first started really listening to him around the time, like, just before the marathon yeah. came out. Like, me and my brother would fucking, like, resonate with that shit. Cause did, it was you, like, did you ever hear the Blue Laces story? Yes. With yes. Uh, Ron? Yeah. Yeah, that <laughs> that's the type of stuff that I live for. Mm-hmm. It's like, you got one of the best basketball players in the world bumping your music track yeah. before a finals game that is <laughs> and that's what like and he nobody knew about him nobody no nobody knew about him yeah exactly not to not to the level of uh victory lap mm-hmm. victory like, lap was exactly what the name yeah like victory lap was like that last lap when you're yeah. like you've done it you're done it, and this is like your celebratory like because he's been doing it for so 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 long you know, like like you said on that track with Drake and yeah, and um, yeah. So to see the growth, to see how far he came as being independent, yeah, and and the ownership and having the the, the brand and all that, it speaks volumes. You know, and it moti- it you always used to motivate me to want to like start my own shit and and yeah. eventually, obviously, I did. But like, yeah, I felt like I lost when like my nigga. When yeah. shit happens, you know what I mean? And same with Kobe. Yeah. And Kobe's been in our lives since we were kids. Yeah. Even if you didn't like him the entire time, mm-hmm. you still feel, yeah. I remember I didn't like him at the start because I, I was a huge D-weight guy. Mm-hmm. And I I saw it as like, this guy's just a ball hog. Mm-hmm. As soon as LeBron joined the, the <laughs> Heat, I was like, man, get out of here with your super team. Mm-hmm. I'm watching D-Rose and Kobe. Those those are the two guys that I really wanted to watch, but that's when I I always respected him. And the funny thing is, even when I didn't like him, I still was watching all his videos and learning him mm-hmm. what he does and how he does it. And even hearing like some stories where I don't know if this is true or not, but I used to this might be weird, but I used to watch how animals hunt <laughs> and kill each other, right? Like it's interesting mm-hmm. to me. How can a spider kill a snake? Yeah, like how. That and how does like why does one line get the meat and the other line doesn't? Mm-hmm. Right? And a lot of those same characteristics can be put back into real life scenarios. Yeah. Survival of the fittest. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I think wherever you look, you can realistically learn. But these guys, especially like you were saying, victory lap was his thing. What I remember with Kobe um, the most was you remember the series where they're up to and zero, and they're winning, they're mm-hmm. leading. So I think that mentality was the same thing with Nip. Is like it's a marathon. Mm-hmm. It's always going. And Kobe was the same way where he didn't care about if he was winning until he won. Mm-hmm. Right? It was. He, he was. I mer- do you remember that? Yeah. When he, they asked him if the jobs or how they feeling, is the like, job done? Job done. <laughs> Jobs not done. <laughs> What's there to be happy What's about? Sure, <laughs> shit. It, it's true though. Like it's it's about getting to that final that. That destination, you know, the, mm-hmm. the promised land, you know, and that's what Kobe was about. And 
he had a lot of that MJ in him. Mm-hmm. But I always look at him like this guy is better than MJ. The yeah. only thing that did, he doesn't have that MJ has is the athleticism and the hands. Yeah. He's a better shooter. He has way better handles. If yeah. you watch MJ's handles, it's just basic as fuck. Yeah. It's like fucking a crossover. I don't think I've ever seen MJ do it behind the back of my life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not the same way. Like, he'll do it in a reactionary standpoint, and he's so athletic that he can get there. Yeah. yeah. But Kobe has a move. Like, he can get into his bag and mm-hmm. wrap it around in certain in different ways than one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I just, I, I never, like, I obviously MJ's go, yeah, but... Kobe's a goat, go yeah. too, man. Like, it, and it showed in his work. It showed in his demeanor. You know the detail, the, how he was detail oriented, mm-hmm. and they were th- different animals, but the same beast. And like in the way, like MJ was so obsessed with winning. Yeah. Kobe's obsession wasn't with winning. Kobe's obsession was with detail. Yeah. It was more about like doing everything this way and like getting it right like there's stories of him just going to his gym and he shoots like works on shots from the same five spots yeah the basic is shit but he gets in the game he gets that spot he's rising up over you and doesn't matter he shoots like there's nobody in the gym there with yeah him. that's yeah. what makes him how good he truly is, you know so yeah no kobe hurt man kobe really really uh really really hurt me you know this whole like last 365 days <laughs> Has been wild. Twenty twenty has been fucking weird as. F- yeah, I don't know. It's it's just like there's just so much. There's so much going on, and I said this on the other episode. I feel like a lot of shit is shifting. Um, I also feel like Kobe was the thing holding the whole world together. <laughs> the glue, the glue guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you always that when you're on a basketball team, yeah. you always have a glue guy. Yeah, and I feel Kobe was that guy for the world because. When Kobe died, you seen people white, black, Mexican, Asian, doesn't matter. Everybody was affected by it. Yeah. Every single person. Like and to see that like one black guy that just fucking put the ball in a hoop for a living. Yeah. Could unite the whole world regardless of race or whatever. Yeah. It's it's really fascinating to me. He was doing so much outside of basketball itself too, which mm-hmm. is so wild, so both these guys, like both of them, yeah. Nipsey was doing um, all these different learning centers, yeah. entrepreneurial centers, Vector oh, Ninety, exactly, yep. absolutely, and and that's what it's about, man. Like, yeah. you know, for me, it's podcasting is is just right now. I mean, like for you, the basketball and the, the media is just right now. But you eventually want to branch out and and yep. do other things, and that's what Kobe did. As soon as he, we all thought like, oh, he would come back or some shit. Like, this guy's transition was smooth as butter. Yeah. Like, it really it, was. It was probably the Bro, smoothest he had so transition. many different things. He had his audiobooks for kids. Yep. Um, and there, there's even that stat where he was on um, some news channel where they're showing all of his stuff that he's invested in and how much money he's... How much, yeah, how much money he's worth. It's crazy. I was like, that's the type of stuff that I love seeing mm-hmm. is he, you didn't hear about it, but you knew that he was doing it. Mm-hmm. The and diversification. The fact, exactly. And if once players see that, and now they can start thinking about it too. Like, oh, I think Kobe did that while he was selling the league. Maybe I should look into mm-hmm. spending some of my money onto this and that. It's 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 truly amazing. And that's another thing. Um, Nipsey, um, he always talks about was his mentors, about who he was looking up to when he was coming up in music. And I don't know. You probably know like Master P. Yeah. 
uh, Jay Z, yeah, like those guys who own their own shit and like. Oh, for Master P is uh, first of all the nigga played in the NBA and rap <laughs> <laughs> like like the like you won on every level yeah. like you know what I'm saying you you he played for Raptors for a bit he got like a ten day with the Raptors and then uh, wow. I think he did I actually I didn't know that you know that no he had ten day with the Raptors and I think he did a ten day with the Hornets wow I don't know and this guy's a, a fucking rapper. Yeah. <laughs> Walking in like a ten day, I don't care who you are. You get a ten day, that's impressive. Yeah, you put on an NBA jersey, you play. The the guys who can do a ten day will bust everyone's ass when it comes to any pickup or anything. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, so and on top of all that, he was run. He had his own record company. He does movies, uh, like he has his own production yeah. uh, company. Um, and like he's and like Nipsey always used to attribute all the lessons he learned to Master P. He would go out to see Master P and like kind of like how you went out and seen Micah. Yeah. The same shit, right? So, and then obviously Jay Z. We don't have to really talk about Jay Z's yeah. different level, you know. <laughs> but like, I don't think people realize how crucial mentors are. Yeah, or at least an ins- at least an inspiration, but a mentor is even better because you can see everything in real time. You can see everything in like it doesn't have to be somebody you hug, f- chill with six days a week. It could literally be some somebody you meet once for lunch. Yeah, uh, like once every two weeks. Yeah, but you just have something that you're structured towards, and you want to build and, and emulate. Mm-hmm. People don't give that enough uh, enough. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Credit. Credit's not the word. I think, like, uh, importance. Mm, yeah. You know, when I was playing basketball, I was always hanging out with better basketball players than me. Yeah. Because I was trying to pick up the things that they would do. Yeah. You know, if I'm a rapper, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to hang out with other rappers. I don't know any other podcasters, so it's kind of hard to... Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's hard to, you know, but, like, with everything else, if I'm trying to get better at something, I'm just going to spend time with someone who's better study than me. Study the game and, and study whatever aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, study and see what works for them. Okay, yeah. try it out. Okay, this doesn't work for me. You know, even if you're like a woman and you do lashes, go hang with someone that does lashes. Like, it, we overcomplicate it. We do. I think um, mentors are great. And I think your gut instinct is also great. Absolutely. Because there's two different sides to it. There's there's the one guy who's looking for a mentor because he just wants to, he, he doesn't want to do anything himself. Mm-hmm. But then the deep, down version of you realistically knows what you what you want how to do it and it's about execution if you mix those two together with getting mentorship and actually executing because the more for example a lot of my stuff that i put out i see it as data not just content Mm -hmm. because i can tell exactly what people are liking what people aren't liking and i can cater it to that but also mix it in with what i what message i want to get out Mm -hmm. if i wanted to realistically pop the way that everyone not not saying like any anything negative towards any of those guys but that's what they want to do they want to be youtubers and do that stuff Mm -hmm. if i wanted to be like a youtuber or someone who's tiktok famous or that type of stuff i would just do put on like a a brown shalwar kameez (laughs) and then go hoop at a park and be the only brown guy Mm -hmm. or one of the only brown guys that like who hoops Mm -hmm. you know that brown guy guy, yeah Yeah. people like yo you could do that i'm like that's not me though Mm -hmm. right that's more for like shits and giggles. It's exactly. Like so I think if you know deep down what you want and you have a mentor, now you can create data and you can fail a bunch of times. And that way your mentor can tell you what you're doing wrong versus you just asking that mentor, hey, 
what do I do? What do I do? What's mm-hmm. next for me? Mm-hmm. Right? And then they can give you the same thing, but it might not work. Mm-hmm. Um, one dictionary defines being a mastermind. I don't know what dictionary it is. It's not the Merriam-Webster. Defines being a mastermind is taking everybody else's experiences and applying them to yourself and creating a product that's like, you know, is like a compilation of all these other yeah. people's experiences. Right? So, And that's why, like, some people say, like, you know, network is important because not only for connections, but also, like, you're seeing what's done in real time. Yeah. And, like, sometimes you don't have the answers. And sometimes you Google stuff and you research, and you still don't have the answers. But then when you see someone that's done it, you're like, ah, oh, okay, that's how he did it. Yeah. You know, and that's, like, I, I attribute a lot of the stuff I do to, like, okay, I've seen how this guy does it. Let me try it this way. Yeah. You know, and if it fails, then it fails. But you tried it exactly and you're never gonna know until you try it yeah. you know I, like and that's the biggest thing like just getting up and just fucking just going and just doing it you yeah. know me and andre just one day sat here and said hey let's fucking do this shit yeah you know we planned it and everything but eventually you had to get up yeah. get in front of a fucking mic yeah, turn bro. the camera on and fucking record a podcast and it doesn't matter how comfortable or natural you are at talking it's different when there's cameras around absolutely so even that like you're gonna fail in doing so and setting it up this even this podcast is started over for the second time because we got <laughs> Barzi in here laughing within the first 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. So we got failures all around us. But that's truly, and as cliche as it sounds, that's honestly, the people who can fail more and still stick with it are the scariest people on this planet. Scary. Mm-hmm. Like, I would, I, I sometimes think I would hate to go against me mm-hmm. because I've been doing this shit for X amount of years. People have tried to get me to stop doing whatever I'm doing. Or not stop, but like like family members saying, oh, what's he doing? Like this and that. I don't really care. Mm-hmm. And now when I'm competing in terms of the media world and trying to grow a brand, I would hate to go against myself because I'm okay and super comfortable with failing over and over again. Because I now with that mentor, I already know exactly what my value is, what I can offer, and how I can offer it. Mm-hmm. So, unless I failed for four years and didn't pop, I would have never continued to grow. Say I put out a video and it immediately took off. Mm-hmm. I'm most likely not going to put in the same amount of work to learn something new. Absolutely. Because now the first thing worked. Now, why do I need to do all this extra shit? Mm-hmm. But it didn't work. Now I got to learn this. Now I got to spend eight hours doing this. In fact, some of the people. Uh, copied one of like the my trends and I actually got messages from like bigger people in the industry asking how I did certain things and then everyone I saw all my stuff look like everyone else's stuff mm-hmm. and I'm like okay this is messed up now I can't differentiate myself all these everyone else is doing it so how how can I go about doing this and because I didn't pop now I'm spending X amount of time doing other stuff and I literally spent two months learning just one simple thing that I knew for a fact that if someone else wanted to do this they couldn't do it they would have to spend two months just to learn like a five second thing mm-hmm. but sometimes if you look at a video or anything it's usually a five second thing that's like whoa Absolutely. I'm, I'm bought in like this this is this is dope this is dope that shit is fire mm-hmm. I'm saving this shit mm-hmm. so I look for that factor where it's like everyone else is going to have a good product already but what are the five seconds that's going to take me from this is really good to this guy's different. Mm-hmm. And that would have never happened without the, any of the failures. You have to fail. You have to fail. It's called failing forward. 
right? Mm. Failing forward. Yeah. You know, you keep failing and failing and failing. Eventually, you fucking come out and you're like, holy shit. You know, and that's why it's like, it's good that, you know, um, I don't know if you ever read this book. It's called The Originals. No, I haven't. I have it up there. But um, there's two types of successful people. There's people who spend their whole life failing and failing and failing and failing. And then they, boom, they make it because they they've had all these failures, whatever, whatever. And this one takes longer, mm-hmm. but it's more, um, what's it called? It's more uh, sufficient. You know, you can you can maintain it for longer because yeah. you've had so many lessons. And then there's the people who have clocked in hours doing a certain skill. And then they try to do something else that's sort of relatable to that skill. Mm-hmm. And magically it takes off. Which is less, uh, it's less... Um, it's less, uh, what's it called? There's less failure involved. Yeah, but less it's obstacles. Acu- it's less obstacles, yeah. but there's an accumulation of all these hours that you did somewhere else yeah. that translates to this. And now it's like, boom. Yeah. Right? So there's like, that book talks about those two types of uh, successes and triumphs. Um, and so yours is the first one because you, you fail and fail and fail and fail. Right? But for somebody like me, I'm just fucking good at talking. So, yeah. like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I'm just running with it that way. And I'm still going to have those failures. Yeah. But for me to have the confidence and come up here and just fucking Do say it. what's on my mind and yeah. talk to people is kind of like me just accumulating all the hours of yep. dialogue. 100%. You know, my that's all we do in my family is we talk. I th- uh, to touch on that same point is um, there's this guy, I think it's Patrick Bedavid. Mm-hmm. But he, I was watching this keynote that he was doing with one of my buddies, Omid. And he was talking about how if it's not repeatable, it's not success. Mm-hmm. So, and you're talking about the same thing is like the failure teaches you how to make it repeatable mm-hmm. because for so long you weren't able to repeat it. It wasn't just, it didn't magically just happen. Mm-hmm. So now if you have something that is repeatable, that's more so success. For example, basketball. Mm-hmm. If you're watching a guy like LeBron James, it's hard to repeat that, it's right? Very hard to repeat that. It's mm-hmm. and if you're learning his moves, it's going to be tougher because you're not six foot eight, eight two hundred and fifty pounds, mm-hmm. and can jump out the gym. Mm-hmm. But if you look at a guy like Steph, and you observe his details, his game, or a guy like Kobe, then now you're looking at. I'm laughing because Bart is over here, like saying my guy Kobe, like we always <laughs> talk about. Um, now you're looking at someone who's created repeatable success because bars can do the same thing mm-hmm. that Kobe's done. I can do the same thing Kobe's done. Mm-hmm. I can't jump out the gym like LeBron. So mm-hmm. when you, I think one of the biggest advice that I give like my baby brother a lot is look at stuff that you want to do. That you can do. That you can do, but it is also out of reach that mm-hmm. you're not able to do right now. Mm-hmm. It's like that flirting with that uncomfortable feeling and comfort at the same time. Balancing it. And the comfort only comes from your vision. If you can't see it, then it's not going to happen. Absolutely. And to see it, you got to think. You got to think. And that's the thing, man. Like, a lot of people don't... A lot of people, and I was like this at, a one, at one point, are very, very scared of their thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know? You find that a lot of people, you know, they go to prison. They're so good at turning their life around because all you have is your thoughts. Me, I used to be the kind of guy, like, okay, if I wasn't hooping... I'm on my phone. I'm texting mad bitches. I'm keeping my myself occupied. Yep. 
and being occupied is not always good because you don't you're never alone with those thoughts. Yeah. You know, and and that can be the most detrimental thing to your life. Because yeah. if you're doing that for so long, you cruise past, oh, shit, you're 30 years old and you haven't done anything. Mm-hmm. Because you've been tried to stay occupied for so long. Your job occupies you. Netflix occupies you. Texting this person occupies you. You know, thinking about what you want to eat for dinner occupies you. You're not actually sitting there and saying, fuck, what do I want to do? Yeah. You know, people in prison, all they got is time. So they have all they can do is think. Mm-hmm. You know, so like when they come out of prison, they say, oh, yeah, people are very easily repeat offenders and stuff. No, but a lot of people that come out there and they have a plan. I actually had a guy come to the store one day. Um, he was looking at the carpets and stuff. And uh, we were just talking, having a conversation. And he was, I think he was with his mom. Mm-hmm. He's an older gentleman. Yeah. He's like, I just got, a pri- got out of prison. And I said, oh, yeah. I didn't ask him what for. It's none of my business. But um, that's just tough if you can just come out and say, yo, I just came out of prison. Mm-hmm. Um, that alone shows growth. <laughs> it shows growth, yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. How long ago? He's like, yeah, just like, it's been like a month or whatever. He's like, but I'm, uh, I'm, I want to start a business. I'm like, okay, what kind of business? And he's just telling me about this business idea I had. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, this guy was in the bin. I don't know how long he did, whatever. Yeah. But he came out and he, he's trying to do something with his life. Which means whatever time he served, whatever crime he committed, none of my business. But he came out a new man. Why? Not because he was fucking locked up. It's because he sat there and was he was with his thoughts. Yeah. You really had to embrace his thoughts. You can't run from your thoughts when you're you can't. surrounded by walls and it's, you know. I don't, I don't know if you're into subconscious mind at all. Uh, absolutely. I love the subconscious mind mm-hmm. because I feel like our brains are always racing. We're always so on the go mm-hmm. that even when we are conscious of how we're thinking about things, mm-hmm. a part of our brain is already onto the next, next thing, thing or thinking about something in the past. Mm-hmm. So I think um, as kids, our subconscious mind gets built a lot more uh, aggressively because at that time your brain's still learning different things and you're trying to figure out certain things. But then now when we're in our 20s, those patterns are most likely still there from when we were a kid. Mm-hmm. But... We we shy away from thinking those things and like we try to keep ourselves occupied because our subconscious mind is like trying to get us to think more and we're trying to think less mm-hmm. at the same time. But then you'll also get into repeating the same habits as you used to do as a kid. And because you're not th- trying to think about it, you're never going to change some of those habits. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people hear the term a lot, you got to grow, grow up, right? Yep. And a lot of it comes from not only just like it's easy to say just grow up and some for some people there'll be like the the moment where you're like okay I just I've hit this limit now I'm growing up mm-hmm. now but I think that realistically comes from thinking I remember when I was for me it was hard to be like mom dad I'm I don't want to do any of this stuff I want to do basketball she's like you're not even tall <laughs> <laughs> like never really see me hoop or anything right mm-hmm. and I was like no I think I think I could be good at this. And the the thing is, every time I did anything, media-wise, and trying to put, put it out there, I always thought it was the best thing in the world. Mm-hmm. I remember the first video, and it was funny because people are, uh, would always say, everyone's going to think that their their first video is amazing when it's not. I'm like, no, but nobody knows me. Mm-hmm. Like, I put in hours into this. <laughs> like, this is fire. Mm-hmm. But I look back at it now, 
and it wasn't, but it was still good. And if, as long as you have that mindset of still having it to go forward, a lot of it comes from from taking a second to think about it and being with your thoughts and allowing your subconscious mind to, to actually change its pattern even. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times we say, oh, I can't do that. And half the time we don't even know why we can't do that no. because we refuse to think about it. It's just like an automated program that our brain is just feeding out. Oh, that, oh, no, no, I can't do that. Because we're socialized to think, oh, this is what I can do and this is what I can't do. Yeah. And our subconscious mind, like our subconscious mind is always working. That's what people don't realize. Mm -hmm. So like. I love this shit. I'm so <laughs> happy. This I haven't had this type of conversation with anyone yet. <laughs> so like the thing about our subconscious mind is like, it's always consuming, consuming, mm -hmm. consuming, even if you don't know, yep. right? It's not like food. When we eat food, we we know we're eating our food. Yeah. But our subconscious mind is always on. So if you're just sitting there watching Netflix all the time, your subconscious is taking that as opposed to like positive things that you can actually use in your life. If yeah. you're surrounded by negative people all the time, your subconscious mind absorbs that and you become a negative person yourself or negative shit just starts happening to you. Yeah. Which is why like who you surround yourself with, what you decide to consume exactly. is so critical. Yeah. It's, it's very critical. Not cause like, you know, you've, everybody's heard the term like, Oh, you show me your five friends and I'll tell you about yourself. It's because that your subconscious, you know, absorbs everything around you. It's like a fucking sponge. Yeah. You know, so like if we're neglecting our subconscious mind, then you're, you're cooked. You're going to have this brain that's like mush. Yeah. Because all you've been consuming is fucking, you know, friends and fucking popcorn and, you know, yeah. like fucking little pump and all this <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like if you're not consciously putting like good stuff in there, you're subconsciously just receiving the bad, bad shit yeah. over and over and over again. To have you ever read um, what's that book called? By uh, Doctor, the Power of a Subconscious Mind. I don't know if I have. That's a good one. That was good. The Power of a Subconscious Mind. It, let, it it basically explains that whatever your mind thinks, will your life will become it. Yeah. So if you are always worried about. You're thinking about fucking diabetes and getting sick. You're going to eventually get diabetes. Yeah. If you're worried about, like, you know, not winning uh, a basketball game, you're going to go in there. You're not going to win. Your subconscious mind is so powerful that whatever you're thinking about, it takes that and basically fucking puts that out in the world. Yeah. And people don't realize that shit. It's, it's so, so, so powerful. Are we good? I actually saw the, um, on that same note, your your subconscious mind can't differentiate between reality, what's real and what's mm -hmm. fake, right? Yep. So like when you're watching a movie, um, you and it's a scary movie, for example, we know the shit's not real. So why do we jump and why do we get scared as if something's about to kill us mm -hmm. out of nowhere? That's your subconscious mind. And it, it can't actually differentiate what's good, what's not good. So... When people talk about I am affirmations and certain things like that to train your subconscious mind, if you're saying, oh, I'm really good at this, your brain is slowly feeding that to your body. And your subconscious mind is realistically controlling a part of your body. If if you're thinking anything at any point of the day, that's your subconscious mind. Absolutely. That happens all the time, mm -hmm. like, mo like hundreds of times throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So now 
if your brain can't, if that part of your brain can't differentiate reality and what's fake, why wouldn't you feed it positive things, right? To train your brain to be like, oh, I'm good at this. I'm good at that. Versus your brain to naturally go back to that. Negative self-talk. I'm so bad at this. Oh, I can't do that, Mm -hmm. right? And I think that's why it's powerful. And it's very simple, but it's the same thing. It's like there's blueprints out there. Some people want to take the time to listen to that blueprint and go through the process of understanding it. Mm -hmm. And then there's some people that just are going to say, that's too much effort. Too much, yeah, it's too much effort. But your your brain is everything, man. Like, like I've recently, very recently, I I didn't start reading really till like, I didn't really start reading till probably my last, my 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 second last year of college, university, because I was really concerned with you. Know, what am I really consuming on a day to day basis? You know, if I'm just on the court, and really, I always say this: basketball keeps you really dumb. Yeah. If you're just strictly playing basketball and spending yeah. ten hours in the gym all the time, you know. So I was really just like, okay, let me read, let me you know catch up, let me let me get closer to my faith, let me invest in my brain let me you know so yeah i'm glad i i, I can tell that you're a guy that takes this type of shit seriously because it's very serious it's a chain that's the way it's i i look at life like a chain as soon as one link breaks everything's gonna break too no matter how long how strong the other parts are mm-hmm. or in zane's scenario <laughs> i tell him life is like mario kart if you're losing the first lap the second lap the third lap there's still plenty more laps for you to keep on going, and you still might win. Because mm-hmm. how many times in Mario Kart are you not winning until the very last five seconds? Moment of truth. Moment of truth. Man. My guy, Karam, I appreciate you coming. Appreciate you This for is very, me. very long overdue. Yeah. I feel like we could have gone forever. We, uh, we could have probably gone forever. <laughs> we, we were going to go forever. <laughs> this got stopped. Yo, man, this shit is crazy. Um, you guys know what to do. Check out Karam. Uh Give him your Instagram handle. It's K Sultan. K Sultan, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I T S K Sultan. And then uh, in the dark training, if you guys want to get better at basketball, <laughs> this is the guy. <laughs> this is the guy. Taking what he's doing, man. It's, it's some really, really good stuff. And pick this guy's brain, man. He's a real, real entrepreneur. Um, yeah. He does this shit for a living. And uh, you guys know what to do. Check out the Gifted Gab. Uh, stay tuned for. Uh, this episode of 1K Convos. Next time will be Andre Kelly. Um, www.thegiftedgab.com. Subscribe to the YouTube. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you desire. And yeah, just like that. That's a wrap. We gone.